mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zivyverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming. Host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic they make me feel polished and modern, and the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin, and so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands, and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z-ZIBBY20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white, open, long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Good Morning America. Check it out, Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Dot com and definitely check out those shows as well. Jill Bialowski is the author of The Deceptions, a novel. 
Jill is the author of six acclaimed collections of poetry, three critically acclaimed novels, and two memoirs, including History of a Suicide, My Sister's Unfinished Life, a New York Times bestseller. Her poems and essays have appeared in the Best American Poetry, The New Yorker, The Atlantic, Harper's Magazine, O oh, the Oprah Magazine, The Kenyon Review, Harvard Review, and The Paris Review, among other publications. She is executive editor and vice president at W.W. Norton & Company, and her work has been a finalist for the James Laughlin Award, the Patterson Poetry Prize, and the Books for a Better Life Awards. In 2014, she was honored by the Poetry Society of America for her distinguished contribution to poetry. She lives in New York City. Welcome, Jill. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss your latest novel, The Deceptions. Well, thank you so much for having me. I have to tell you that when I started reading your book, it was a Sunday with a driving rainstorm. And I had my husband had been watching football all day and I was reading and it was just around dinner time. And I was like, this is so creepy. This is exactly what's happening in this book. And I even said something to my husband. He's like, wouldn't it be amazing if like everything you read in a book would make your whole life change that way? Like you open the book and it would start raining or something. Anyway, so I felt very immersed in your opening moments of, of the scene and your relationship and all of that. Thank you. Thank you. That was, that was really fun to write. I think my husband heard me or he saw some review in print that said something about that scene. And, and I said, well, you know, it's archetypal. It's not just yeah. you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that, I don't think you made him come off that great. So you might as well say it's somebody totally different. <laughs> why don't you tell listeners what The Deceptions is about and, and why write this book right now? Yes, thank you. So it when when the novel opens, my character is she's a middle-aged woman. She's um just sent her only son off to college and she's feeling it very bereft and a little lost about what her next chapter means and she's also a poet and she teaches at an all-boys prep school. And when the novel opens, she's in this crisis, and along with her son leaving, she's trying to avoid thinking about a, an incident that happened to her with a visiting poet at the school in which she teaches. And so the novel really does, I think that, you know, the name of your podcast, this would really, I'm hoping that the novel will really be the kind of novel that women will want to read and relate to and celebrate in some ways. Um, it's also about a woman sort of figuring out that she never really has fully found her own agency and power. And, and so, through the novel, you get the sense of what she's been up against teaching at an a institution founded on the patriarchy and also a poet still, in her eyes, dominated by male power and um, also the way in which she has to reconcile her um, feelings about being a woman who is closely near the point in life where she still feels desire but um so she's also reconciling with what that means within a marriage <laughs> many relate many relatable themes to so many people out there <laughs> yeah i hope so Sibby. i do 
I feel like I just interviewed yesterday Liz Mikelski. I don't know. Do you know who she is, the author? Her no. she wrote this beautiful book called Darling Girls. It's a new take on on the aftermath of Peter Pan and the gr- Darling Girls. Anyway, she uh it's really beautiful and clever and her she's like grieving that her child just went to college. She's like in that very raw spot. So I feel like you need to send your book to her. Oh, good. I think I, that I would know. help. I feel like you two should connect. Or I don't. I think that would help her right now. Maybe I'll just send her your book. Is frankly what I should do. But anyway, so you've written a lot of books. And actually, somebody I told they said, "Who are you interviewing?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm doing Jill Bielaski." And they were like, "The poet." Aww. So, uh, so that is how you're known in certain circles. You are amazing, amazing poet and novelist and narrative nonfiction. Like you do everything. When do you decide to do what, why this, why a novel right now and not poetry? And how did you, how did you even get involved in all of this writing and (laughs) editing? And I want to talk about your publishing career and there's just so much I'm overwhelmed. Oh, oh. well, you know, I started, I, I started writing really, um, poetry was my first love. And when I was in college, I, I was very fortunate to, uh, I was an English major and I took a few poetry workshops and I was very fortunate to work with a wonderful poet, Stanley Plumley, who was my first teacher. And somehow he just gave me the confidence to feel that I could continue to develop my craft as a poet. And that took me then to get an MFA. I, I went to the writer's workshop at the University of Iowa and I studied poetry there. And then when I was at Iowa, the program is divided into fiction writers and poets. And I became very conscious of this idea that these fiction writers, they were so interested in publishing and in, you know, they were just so far ahead of the poets in terms of ambition. And it really kind of struck me. And I I was reading a lot of novels at that time. And I read one novel um, by Marilyn Robinson called Housekeeping, which you must know and maybe have read, which is such a beautiful book. And when I read that novel, I felt like I had a novel in me that needed to come out. And so my first novel was called um, House Under Snow. And that took me many, many years to figure out how to write a novel. And and so, but it also allowed me to feel very comfortable with prose and with shifting back and forth from poetry to prose. And so I think that that was just all kind of a a journey that I, I wanted to pursue. And I just you know, it's it, it was it's a lot of hard work. I don't want to be Pollyanna-ish about it, but I did really. I think I really was driven to write that first novel, and um, I'm so glad that I did. And then it it allowed me to want to tell other stories in fiction. And so the two, I find fiction and poetry so different. You know, poetry is much more internal um, in some ways, bringing out kind of these the inner life more through through words, through narrative. And for me, fiction is so much about characters, and you and, you know you can be expansive in telling a story. So I really you know love both, 
And, you know, I, I, I really didn't think that I was going to write nonfiction, but, you know, I had a terrible loss in my life. My, my youngest sister ended her life when she was 21. And I just could not stop telling myself that I had to write about it. And maybe you feel that way, Zippy. You just told me about your book that these, these you know, so the, the first memoir that I wrote, History of a Suicide, my sister's unfinished life really allowed me to, I couldn't, I couldn't have done that in fiction. I mean, some of my poems are about that kind of loss, but somehow I needed that larger landscape to investigate. So that's kind of how it all sort of, one thing grows out of another, as you know, you know, it's interesting. You can't, you never know what you're going to be up against and and how you're going to find the right words or the right form to get there. Wow. Well, I, I'm so sorry about your sister. And I'm, I'm also, I'm very sad I didn't have time to read that memoir because I did research it. And it sounds like you did it in a really unique way, basically inhabiting her mind and telling yes. the story from her point of view and how she got to that point. And I don't know if you can talk even a little more about that book because yeah, I, I well, have to know, go back and read it. Well, thank you. Well, I'm very excited because uh, my publisher, Atria, is reissuing History of a Suicide for a 10th anniversary. Oh, great. Coming out in November. And it comes with a a preface by Andrew Solomon, who's somebody whose work I so admire. So I'm very, very happy that that book will be more visible because as you probably know, I think during the pandemic, so many young people have been suffering and uh, sadly the their suicide rates for younger people are rising. And, you know, my hope is that, that my book could show people who are suffering the wounds that are left behind by the survivors and offer some sense of hope. So it was a long process that took me about 10 years to find, to really work through that memoir. And I recently read it for audio and, and that was really... <laughs> you must have been sobbing were you just you know it was i was very lucky that i had these two wonderful young men you know directing and one was doing the technology and they got me through it but i just felt like i had to narrate it i didn't feel like somebody else should narrate that story yeah yeah oh. yes but you know time helps and yes and i'm glad the book is there to document that process. By the way, you brought my book up. You make it sound like I was trying to hawk my book to you. I did. No, you brought I it up. I'm so impressed <laughs> but, with um, what you do. Um, so. uh, thank you. But I um, you know, in my I lost one of my best friends from high school to suicide. Oh, so I did write about that in the book. Um, oh, she had I'm developed, so it's, I don't know about your sister cause I haven't read it, but she had developed mental illness over time and it was kind of, it was sort of excruciating to watch that and not be able to really help. So anyway, it is a, a u- unique form of loss, but all loss is horrific. So anyway, I'll yeah, say. I'm so sorry. I know how difficult that is. I, I felt so deeply for my sister's best friends, you know, who suffered her loss. 
Well, that's, I mean, you're so so empathetic at that time to be even feeling for them when you are going through this. So such immediate loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you feel like some people say, oh, well, I'm glad this happened. Not really, but because this happened, not I'm glad, but because this happened, at least I got this new perspective on life where I realized that life was short and to you know, grab the bull by the horns and do X, Y, Z. Do you feel that that at all? Do you feel like it changed your relationship with life? Well, it definitely changed my relationship with life because I realized naively that, you know, you never think something like that is going to happen. And so I think that for me, it was like I, I came to realize how vulnerable people are and, you know, that some have more of the resources to be able to get help when they are suffering and others for whatever reason can't, or at least at that moment can't. So I think the loss of my sister did make me more empathetic, obviously as a person and also more aware of how, you know, fragile life is and also more committed to the idea that as a writer, this is what we have to offer. You know, I mean, I don't know how I would have suffered that loss without being able to to put it into words. So I, you know, more and more, I feel like we're, we're living in dark times, but yet we've got these authors who can somehow take us into a different experience or shed light on our own experience. So I think that's what it has given me, Zibi, more than anything. You know, there's a larger purpose beyond just ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. I do feel that uh, part of the urge to write about it, about loss, and I have interviewed so many people who, and because I love those types of books myself, is 
witnessing people go through something horrific and sort of rising from it. I mean, I like a lot of different stories, but there's something just so deeply resonates with that. So I think it's part of it is to work through it yourself as the writer, as the person, as the feeler. But I think there's also this compulsion once you realize like this big secret, right? That we have to treat life differently. You want to wake everybody else up and be like, no, 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 this is literally the most important thing. And I'm going to tell you my story so that hopefully you will also wake up without having to go through a loss like this. Like, look what happened. Look what could happen. So it's almost like a, it's, it's a warning, but also intended to be motivational, I think, for other people. I think that's part of why people who have gone through these things want to share them, to say, wait, look at what can happen. Don't, right. don't squander the day. Right. Yes, I agree with that. I did an event with a writer, A.M. Holmes, who yes, yes. out um, called The Unfolding, and we did this event together um, at McNally Jackson, and our books are so different, but we realized that both of us were kind of writing about the patriarchy and how um, it has influenced us as women. Hers really through the lens of creating a character who is, well, very conservative and, and um, wants to, you know, kind of like a Steve Bannon character and how that affects his family. And of course, my novel is is much more about how the patriarchy has affected this one character. But just to the my point is that after our reading, uh, people came up to us and said, "Wow, you know, we need novels to show us that this still exists." You know, we think that everything, that it's still somehow easier for women to get published, to get their books out there. But there still are, I think, some deep scars. So just back to that point of even what a novel can do to to awaken us as readers and to um, allow us to see that those ingrained scars or or scars that give you ultimately some agency. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Wait, so Jill, tell me about your career in publishing also. So you're not just a poet and a memoirist and a novelist, but you are the upper echelon uh, at Mm -hmm. Norton. And how has that been? Have you you always, I mean, you must've been working in publishing all along. Yes. And what is it like now being the person who is choosing the books and and making the statements and all of that. Yeah, well, you know, I feel so fortunate to um to be an editor at Norton. I've worked here my entire career basically in publishing and, you know, it's really an honor to be able to, you know, to find authors and writers and nurture their books and watch their works come into being. So I've worked with some incredible poets for our Norton Stellar Poetry List. And then I also edit um, some wonderful fiction writers and, and nonfiction writers. So it's, you know, I I have to say it's almost like, you know, continuing to have education <laughs> way beyond graduate school. So, you know, it's, it's really, I, I was trying to write an essay about this, that what happens when the author 
when the editor becomes the author and her book is about to be published. And I was just thinking about, you know, how when it's my turn, everything I know in, about the publishing industry suddenly kind of vanishes. And I'm just like, you know, <laughs> new kid on the block again, hoping her book will get some attention. It's very, very weird. <laughs> I, 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 I really makes me totally understand how my authors feel about those first, you know, the month or two leading up to publication and then the month or two after. And then once they're books are out there, it's like total freedom again. You don't feel you have to worry anymore. But it is a it is an interesting perspective. You know, as a writer, I sometimes do wish that I kind of lived outside of New York and could just have blinders on and not think about the hype and the, you know, the aspects of the business. But uh, that's not how my life turned out. <laughs> But you mentioned earlier your book had been published by Atria. So why not publish with Norton? Oh, you know, a long time ago, I just, you know, just thought that that would be too weird because yeah. I would then be, it would almost feel a little bit like self-publishing because I would hear, you know, I'd be in the meetings and, you know, I, 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 I yeah, for me, I don't think that would work well. I think it's good to have that separation. And, you know, I really do have developed boundaries um, between myself as a writer and then as an editor. I think that's really important. Because when I show up for my job, I have to be there completely for my, you know, my colleagues that I work with and my authors. That makes sense. Yeah. What are some books you've edited lately that you're excited about or that you're yeah, working on well, now? So right now, um, I was really thrilled because one of my authors, um, Mary Roach, uh, her her book, um, Fuzz, is for the fourth week on the New York Times bestseller list. So that's in paperback. So that's very exciting. And I have, we just published a wonderful novel by um, Lan Samantha Chang called The Family Chow. Um, which is just here it is for you to see <laughs> it's out now in paperback and that's in it, it, it Obama picked it as one of his favorite books of the year Amazing. and um, that was so exciting you know another just looking around at my bookshelves here in my office I, I published a fabulous novel by Kirsten Valdez Quaid called The Five Wounds um, which won the Center for Fiction award. I'm actually on the board there. Oh, great. Yeah. What a great organization. Yes. And I also have a novel that I edited that's on the long list for the Center for Fiction Award um, called Activities of Daily Living by Lisa Chen. That is so um, original. And then in poetry, I published this um, young writer, um, Roger Reeves, his second collection called Best Barbarians, which is on the National Book Award long list for poetry this year. So it's been a really exciting um, season for me. And um, another poet that I brought to Norton years ago, Joy Harjo, she was poet laureate for three terms, and we have her new book out called... Um, Poet Warrior, which is wonderful. Um, so yes, I, I'm very rich in talent here. 
That's great. Yeah. So inspirational to be in all these books and everything for you as a writer too, right? And I feel that Yeah, it really is. Wonderful. So from all of your experience, what advice would you have for aspiring authors? Yes, I think that, you know, I think that my advice would be to trust yourself as a, um, a young writer to trust your own vision and, and, you know, not feel that you have to write what you think is fashionable at the moment, that everybody has their own story to tell, whether it's through fiction or poetry or nonfiction and um, to find that story, you know, the, just going back to what I said about Stanley Plumley, my poetry teacher who passed away a few years ago, sadly. But the one thing that he told me when I was 18 or 19 years old and um, was in his poetry workshop, he told our class to write what hurts. So, you know, for me, that was that opened the door. Because, I'm writing that, writing that you know, down. <laughs> because there's a certain sense of urgency yeah. if you're really writing from that place within you that needs to be heard, needs, you know, and, and it doesn't mean that it has to come out even autobiographically, you know, but you're just tapping into the essence of, of who you are. It sounds a little woo. woo no, no, it doesn't. No, good, good. I get I, it. I feel like that's been my guiding light um, through my projects that I, like in the deceptions, I really was trying to, you know, capture this character who is in this crisis and what it means to be a mother and a wife and also to be a writer and, you know, and, you know, the whole stew of it. <laughs> and, you know, so each book, when I think back, was kind of inspired by a particular need of mine to investigate. So that's that's the advice I would give. Love it. Jill, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on Mom's Center Time to Read Books. I know I told you it's fast. <laughs> yes, no, this was so I want to keep people's interest. I feel like people, I tried it longer and I noticed that everybody stopped listening and that not only did people stop listening, but if I released longer episodes, people wouldn't even start them. Yeah, I no, I, I think no. it's great. And I actually want to send you a copy of History of Suicide. So uh, will, will you email me? Yes, can, yes get your address. That yes. would be such a pleasure for me. Oh, I would love that. I really would love yeah. to read it. Bye. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. 
Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.